time in April. And he said, JT at number two, like, that's cool, but I don't want to be JT at two. I'm coming for DJ's throne. He said those words. I thought that that was great. The fact that he's coming for your throne, does it, does it feel like he is? Yeah, he's trying. He is trying. I'll give him credit. He's, he's putting up a good fight right now. Um. Hey, welcome to the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to use the audio from uh, the Drop Zone episode three, uh, which debuted last week. The episode did. Um, that's just a show Dylan at the chair and I do every single week. You should check it out because it's in video form, and we're going to do a lot of different interviews with it. So you'll catch up with Terrell Hatton, um, and later on, we're going to have you listening to something we did with Dustin Johnson at the same Adidas shoot. So enjoy it. Hey, welcome to the Drop Zone, episode three, back here in New York City in our cotton candy lit studio. Someone told me this past week they thought we were shooting it in a dance club. It's pretty cool. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not, but topic number one, this week in mainstream golf coverage. We found it again. Anytime Tiger Woods does anything, he finishes second at the PGA Championship, all of a sudden the world wants to know, is Tiger Woods back? What's Tiger Woods doing? It's all, all that golf should care about, and that's too bad because the result are things like this. Is that the golfers now are too good. They're too good. When you get a Fox Sports national correspondent that says Tiger Woods, he played against crappy competition back in his heyday. Yeah, he said he played in a bad era of golf. This is ridiculous. I've got a problem with this because, yes, golfers are getting better every year. I firmly believe that. But if you're saying Tiger played in a bad era of golf, are you saying what Jack Nicklaus played in a bad era of golf? Everybody did. Everyone that played before the year 2018 played in a bad era of golf. He's saying, oh, Tiger didn't play against good competition. Tiger flattened his competition. <laughs> there were plenty of good players. Tiger played against Ernie Els, Ratif Goosen, Vijay Singh, Phil Mickelson, all kinds of guys throughout the years. I'm, this is so ridiculous because, what, if he had won less and let then Ernie all of a sudden the competition is good more, then would that have made it better competition that he had played against? Yeah. I'm out on this take. <laughs> this week in amateur golf, it was a big week. For amateur Huge. golf, about as big as it gets, the USAM at Pebble Beach. Uh, and we got into some instant magic. Yeah, it was great. 24 for one playoff. There's a 24-way tie for 64th. So to get to match play, 24 guys <laughs> went yeah. to the 17th tee, a long par three uh, with everything on the line. Yeah, this is one of those things that can only happen in golf. Like, there's no other sport in which you can have 24 people or teams or whatever tie for one thing and you just play it off for one hole, one instance. It's crazy. And it kind of ended up being anticlimactic. Well, can you imagine waking up, going to the range, just practicing a bunch of four Smoke irons, a and four then iron. having to go hit one as your first shot of the day with, you know, yeah. your whole hopes and dreams no. hanging in the balance? It's brutal. Two guys ended up making birdie. One guy early on, and then one guy in the very last group because they had to do six foursomes. Yes. It took about an hour and a half just to get through <laughs> that first hole. And then going to 18, it got a little bit less exciting. Yeah, one guy like half shanks it right, the other guy blows into the water left, then the guy that went right like just like chips it into the fairway. It was He's super like lays slow. lays up a layup and then the layup, layup. A missed five footer. One guy ends up emerging with a bogey on 18. Yeah, not pretty, but very fascinating. Like I said, you can't see this anywhere else. Gary Nicholas, son of Jack Nicholas. 
is a guy who used to play on the PGA Tour in the mid, early to mid-2000s. He made nearly $700,000 on the PGA Tour, yet he was competing in the US Amateur. And as you know, if you're an amateur, you're not playing for money, you're playing for like the heart of the game, all these like really ancient ideas around yeah. uh, amateurism. And uh, this has you fired up because you're a pro. He's 49, he's been in the game his whole life. There's plenty of guys like this that get their AM status back and it doesn't make sense. And that's why I would like to declare my intention to remain a pro for life. <laughs> I'll be your caddy for life if you'll have me. All right, and how about your boy? With the hair. Yes, I think he's the best hair in golf. His name is Jake Bieber Frankel. He's a gonna be a junior this next year in high school. I think he's got the best hair in golf. Tommy Fleetwood has been knocked off the top ring. His dad was the director of Deverwares Prada and Marley and Me. So he's got style. He's got talent. He knows what he's doing. I just really hope someday that he brings those locks. The best hair in golf, maybe to Augusta National. <laughs> this week in the road to Paris. We're talking Ryder Cup, and obviously Tiger Woods injected new life into the Ryder Cup because now he's, at this point, Tiger is on the team. Like, that's a done deal. He's there, I know yeah. you, you didn't hear her first because we've been talking about it for a month. Phil's definitely on the team, too. He's not going to miss. I know that Furyk has got a little bit of a uh, dilemma, though, with Phil because he hasn't been playing well. He talked to Ryan Aselta earlier this week about it, just what he thinks about Phil's game right now. He's putting very well. I think he's number two in our PGA Tour putting stats. This is the first time Phil hasn't qualified for a Ryder Cup team uh, on points. And then a couple other people will get it straightened out. But the fact that people at Belle Reve were losing their freaking golf minds, like they were running. People were all over the place. <laughs> they were climbing in trees, taking photos, sneaking under ropes. It was awesome. It was awesome. Like I felt, yeah. I've never felt further away at a golf tournament from Augusta National and all the patrons sitting there in their little lawn chairs that don't even look like these. They're much nicer. It was amazing. People were ducking under ropes, as you said, sprinting across the fairway to get in position for Tiger Woods. If we see any of that at the Ryder Cup, it'll probably be the most hyped Ryder Cup ever. Do you agree on I that? I mean, this was like a movement, and I think we're gonna see awesome. I mean, every time we're in Europe, it's a great atmosphere for the Ryder Cup. Going to France is gonna be so good. The US team looks really good right now. Kepka, obviously. Who's gonna Tiger, beat Kepka? Obviously. Who can hang with Kepka well, right now? Who would you take? I mean, in the world, only Francesco Molinari is the guy that's played at that yeah. level the past couple. Well, and that is the thing. The Euros do have a good-looking squad. Rom obviously played well this week. Molinari has been relentless. Tommy Fleetwood's playing well. Justin Rose, you can't count out. There's all these guys that are going to be good, but I'm getting on, almost getting on the Shipnick train here. <laughs> The U.S. might roll. I'm just excited about the fact that uh, the fans are going to be treated as something. Like we, do, we never want the Ryder Cup to be something that is forgotten at the end of the year. And the last couple times, fans have like injected it with their own flair. The, the guy betting Rory on the, the green at Hazeltine that he couldn't yeah. make a putt, then he does it, fist pumps for America. That kind of stuff is what these fans live for. The trickiest part is that it'll be in Paris, so you're going to have to wake up really early to see it. But Tiger's playing, now Jim Furyk is thinking, I'm gonna need another assistant captain. I have no idea what he's gonna do with that pick. Who would you take? Who, who is in the assistant captain pool right now? I think we could see another thing like Bubba Watson did in 2016, where Matt Kuchar, you're not gonna get selected oh, for this team. Maybe Matt Kuchar, a veteran guy of many Ryder Cups, maybe he is the Bubba assistant. <laughs> he yeah. has to dive into that. That was weird back when you did it in 2016. But we could get another, we got a, Freddie showing at the President's Cup in the fall, which is always good. I can't get honestly that fired up about the assistant captain debate, but I will say I am so glad that we still have the Ryder Cup because it just feels like golf is picking up momentum right now. 
Now we're out of major championships. In the FedEx Cup playoffs, we're gonna get fired up, but it's not really the same level as a major competition as the Ryder Cup, so I'm so glad that we still have it to look forward to. Same. This week in IMDB searches. <laughs> yes. After Brooks Kepka's win on Sunday, uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Sims, mm -hmm. who's an actress, mm -hmm. came out to greet him on the 18th green and was walking around with him afterwards. <laughs> so we had to go check out. You know, she's an actress. I was not familiar with her work. Gotta respect the trade. And last night we uh, ended up uh, <laughs> checking out a few minutes of Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader. This movie, uh, it is worth you checking out. It's, all of it is on YouTube, the entirety, all two hours of it. Uh, worth checking out maybe for a couple minutes. We probably spent five minutes watching it. Jenna Sims is the 50-foot cheerleader. She's the star. <laughs> she has the lead role in this movie. So. Which is something to behold because the... Uh, Let's just say the production value. The budget could have been par. higher because they never really show the 50-foot cheerleader in the same frame as, as anyone else. else. It's just it's her just, by herself. It's just a really zoomed cut. in. But there is some there are some other awesome titles. Jenna has a thing for shark movies because yes. she was in Sharknado, Heart of Sharkness, which is so good. Sharknado Five. <laughs> Global swarming. Yep. And then she was also in uh, Three Headed Shark Attack. Shark thing. I don't. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> All right, guest time in the drop zone now. Terrell Hatton, our first player in the drop zone. How you doing? Oh, good. Thanks. Yourself? Good. good. You tore it up yesterday. You and Rafa finished the PGA with uh, a couple of 64s. Yeah. How'd that go? Oh, obviously a good day. Nice to nice to finish off the the last major of the year. Um, well, and uh, always good to move up the leaderboard. Now, last year, no made cuts in all the majors. Yeah. This year, made the cut in every major. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you explain that kind of switch? Well, it's just it's one of those things you can't kind of pick and choose when you play well. Um, and it was just unfortunate the majors just fell on bad weeks for me last year. Obviously, at the start of this year, I was quite keen to, to make sure I did well in the majors. You know, a couple of top tens is good. Of course. Uh, now, you can't talk about yesterday's event. Without talking about Tiger, I mean, the guy was incredible, and that's why I was happy to follow you on Twitter, because I knew you were going to send a GIF out. You were the king of Twitter GIFs, yeah. man. I was waiting for it, and you reacted to this ridiculous approach he hit on 15. Yeah. You, the... How long of a search does it take you to find the GIF? Uh, not long. You just got to type in the right thing. What did you type in? Um, you put me on the spot now. I can't think what I typed in yesterday. So where were you when you were watching this all go down? You had finished um, your round a little while before. You made your charge. Were you, did you hang around? No. I, uh, well, I had some lunch and then headed back to the, the hotel. And um, I was just watching the, the golf in the hotel room. I was waiting for Tiger to do something yeah. that I could actually you're post out your, about. Yeah, so you're when picking he hit, your spot. Yeah, so the 9 iron into 15 seemed like a, the perfect moment. Bellery was insane for the crowds. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's something that everyone's going to take away from it. Yeah. Like Brooks said most people I've ever seen it, of course. Yeah. Francesco said the same thing. Was it that crazy? I think, well, if you were around the, the TV groups, it was. Oh, you guys um, both shot 64. You and Tiger <laughs> both shot 64 <laughs> no yesterday. Big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously the crowds were, were unbelievable throughout the weeks, especially over the weekend. But that, I think partly that's due to obviously the Tiger effect. I mean, when it comes to your season, yep. now you've pretty much made yourself a Ryder Cup player. Are you thinking Ryder Cup already? Do you need to start looking at the, the playoff events first? When do you turn it over into the Ryder Cup? To be honest, I don't think about the Ryder Cup and, until I get asked about it in, with the media. Yeah. Um, 
my, my focus now is, is obviously the FedEx, so I think I'm 89th in the FedEx at the moment. Um, ideally, I'd like to get through to at least the third one. Yeah. Um, and then that will give me a couple of weeks off before Ryder Cup, which would be great. Uh, a couple of weeks back home is always nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll just take each tournament as it comes and then Ryder Cup week, then I can kind of start focusing on that. So yeah. there's not a whole lot of smack talk going on in these, like, I think that fans like to picture that, you know, the Euro side and the Americans are just going at each other all season, but it might be a little overstated until the week of. Yeah, I think so. There's a few passing comments in the crowd, um, especially last week. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a bit of banter, it's all good right. fun. But what are some of the biggest differences playing the Euro Tour versus being over here in the, in the States? And is there a difference in the players themselves and how they interact with each other? Or? One of the big differences is probably just the atmosphere at tournaments. Um, you know, on the PGA Tour, they gen generally get bigger crowds, um, which as a player is, is good to play in front of. It's nice to, to have that atmosphere and, and it makes it feel like a bigger tournament. So I'd say that's one thing that's definitely slightly different um, compared to the European Tour. Now, it makes me think of the Dunhill because you own the Dunhill, yeah, This right? is your spot. What is working there well, for you? Yeah, the, yeah, the Dunhill's been kind to me the last two years. It didn't like me the first two years I played it, though. <laughs> um, so it was a bit of a love-hate relationship at the start, I guess. But Love right now. Yeah, no, it's been good. I've enjoyed the last couple of years, obviously, uh, playing with Jamie Dornan. Now, before we get to non-golf stuff, we got to ask you about the Masters this year because Dylan and I were out there uh, at Amen Corner. Yeah. A Saturday at Amen Corner. Yeah, we were sitting in the bleachers. I'm just curious if 11. you remember this because um, we're sitting there watching guys come through. We sat there all day. <laughs> really and you, you missed a putt. You kind of stared down your putt and then you, you dropped your putter, but then it sort of fumbled and it almost fell into the creek. Do you remember 11. this? Do you have any memory of this? Because I thought it was the funniest thing. And uh, you kind of stared down your putt like it had done something wrong to you, which it probably had. It happens on most greens, I think, that. But... Um, <laughs> I think because it happens fairly often, I can't really remember it too right. well. Fair enough. It got us excited. Yeah. Well, and we, that is something that I know fans connect with you about, is you show your emotions from time to time. Uh, you let people know how you're feeling yeah. in a good way. And, you know, I think that's something people can relate to. Yeah, well, I've always kind of been that way. Um, you know, you could say wearing your heart on your sleeve kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just how I play. I, I, I guess I don't get overly excited um, when the good stuff happens, but if the bad stuff, then, um, yeah, I don't enjoy that so much. Do you remember the bad ones more than the good ones? Sometimes, yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you about, shorts on tour. You yeah. were posing the question. You were just kind of threw it out there. You didn't really take a stance. Yeah. Do you well, think I was you just, should be I was playing just kind of, shorts on tour? I mean, I, I like the tradition of obviously wearing trousers Sean's and stuff. shaking his head like yes over but, there. He um, shorts. I also think that you should at least have the option. I don't see why yeah. why it should be an issue. Um, if you want to wear shorts and you wear shorts, I think that's just his personal preference. I can confirm jeans in St. Louis in the summer, awful decision. Tyrrell, thanks for joining us here in the Drop Zone. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, it's time for Quick Six. Let's go. Steph Curry shot 71.86 on the web.com tour this week. Your thoughts? I think it just proved that Steph is not amazing at everything, which is really good because no one needs to be good at two sports, that good at least. Number two, TJ Vogel has now Monday qualified into eight events this year. How crazy is that? 
It used to be if you did this two or three times in a season, it would be insane. This is one of the wildest stories in golf this year. Number three, Ben Kern, your boy, was the only club pro to make the cut this week at the PGA Championship. Tell me your favorite thing about your new king. I like that he made more money the week prior winning the Texas State Open than he did at the PGA Championship. Number four, some lady amateur in London made three hole-in-ones in the same day. Do you even believe this? Of course I believe it. She seems like a nice woman. I think you need to just regain your trust and just enjoy these crazy hole-in-one stories as they come in. Number five, Torbjorn Olesen lost his golf clubs twice in the last 10 days while in flight. How should he handle it? Normally I would say don't get on Twitter or social media, but I think two times warrants that. Get up, British Airways, and whoever else is losing your clubs. Number six, Gary Woodland and Brooks Kepka played together at the PGA Championship and people were mistaking them for one another. What was up with that? I don't know. They don't look anything alike. They're just two big, strong white dudes that play on the PGA Tour. It sounds a lot like us. Medium size. Not exactly. Anyways, that's it for Drop Zone Episode 3. Thanks for joining us this week. Next week, Alan Shipnuck joins us here in the Drop Zone. All right, well, that was the audio of our show. Uh, like I said, that was Episode 3, and Tyrrell Hatton was our guest, and hopefully we'll have more players like him join us in the future. As for another player, the number one player in the world, Dustin Johnson, sat down with us, not on camera, but in a cozy little, uh, what would you say, general manager space? Yeah, it felt like walking into the principal's office. <laughs> yeah, well, here, here it is, about 15 minutes. Uh, enjoy it, and we'll talk to you afterwards. Um, <clears throat> all right, we're here at an Adidas shoot with Dustin Johnson, world number one. Your rap sheet, we could, we could talk for a minute and a half about everything you've done, um, but we just had the PGA Championship finish. And the first thing on Google right now, under Dustin Johnson, is Golf Channel. It says, DJ finishes 2018 without a major. And I'm just curious if that really pisses you off because you've had a ridiculous season, three wins, like running away with these tournaments too. And it just gets reminded like, oh, we didn't get a major this year. Um, I don't know if it pisses me off, but- It's a bit harsh for me, my bad. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. I mean, I haven't seen the headline or the story, so. This is the first I'm hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's just a conversation. Right. Like, no, no, it's – uh, but, yeah, I definitely didn't play the majors as well as I would have liked to this year. Um, I felt like, you know, Masters, I had a chance. Um, you know, I was in a good position. Obviously, U.S. Open, I was in a really good position. Um, even this week, uh, you know, the PGA Championship, I was in a good, you know, good position um, going into the weekend. And all three of them didn't, didn't have as good of weekends as I would have liked to have had. Um, Masters, I played well enough to, to win. Yeah. I did not putt well enough to win. Um, I hit it great on the weekend. I gave myself tons of opportunities. Just, you know, couldn't, wasn't holding putts. And, and that's the, you know, that's, that's a factor. That's a big factor, especially in majors. Um, kind of the same thing at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. You know, over Saturday and Sunday, I – I hit it better than than anyone in the field. Does that get you upset when you like get to that level and it's like I just yeah. it's it's tough luck. I mean, it's part of the game. I mean, you know, it's you got to you know, it's how many times it takes you to get it in the hole. It doesn't matter how you do it. You just got to get it in there. And um you know, so that would be the only thing I feel like is not 
I don't feel like it's far off. It's, it's close because I feel like I'm rolling it good. I'm seeing the lines really well. I'm hitting good putts. They're just not going in. So at some point when they do start going in, obviously, you know, the wins that I've had, you know, those those are the times that it goes in. Um, but, you know, that's golf. And, you know, I'm going to keep working at it hard. Um, I've had a great year so far. It can get a lot better, though. I got four four big playoff events coming up, and that's then what I, that's what I think is like. You can't look at this year as just a majors thing because three wins is three wins. I think only Bubba's got three wins besides yourself. Yeah, and you're gonna keep being the favorite going into a lot of these tournaments. Does, is that something that gives you satisfaction, or does that mean anything to you? Is it kind of cool going into a tournament knowing you're the favorite? Um. I mean, yeah, it's it's good. Obviously, you're playing well if you're if you're the favorite going into tournaments. But you know, for me, it's you know I want to continue to to put myself in the positions to have chances to win every week. And I feel like the game is in in really good form right now. Um, everything's going really well. Even the putting hasn't been they haven't been going in, but I feel like it's going in the right direction. It's I'm hitting good putts. Eventually, they're going to start falling. Yeah, but. You know, I got four big events, the FedEx Cup playoffs, and then I've got the Ryder Cup. And so I've got five big tournaments coming up here, and um, I'm pleased with the game. Yeah. need to do a little work this this week, but... I hear you. Now, Brooks Kepka wins the the, US, uh, the PGA in the U.S. Open, but the PGA, like, I don't know, 20 hours ago. How many people have asked you about Brooks in the last 20 hours? You guys are the first What? Ones. Well, I haven't seen anyone. That's either. good. Well, that's good. You're keeping a little bit low profile. <laughs> yeah. I just like, but yeah, no, it's a lot of you know, people ask you con- about him. Congrats to Brooks. He played. He played. It was very impressive the way he played down the stretch. Um, you know, he's one of my best buddies, and yeah. so you know, I was happy to see him get it done. And you know, what what can you say? He, he just played. He played incredible in the back nine there, and um, you know, finished it out strong. Yeah, and and. How much do you guys hang out at home? I mean, because that's obviously an easy storyline. Now you guys are one and two in the world. You both smash it. You're both really, really good, Everybody and you and you live in the same place. Like, do you guys see each other most days? Is that true, or do you play golf together, or is that kind of overstated? Um, no, I mean we, yeah, we hang out a good bit, um, especially when we're at home. We train together all the time, and yeah, I mean we'll go play or. Yeah, we usually don't. I don't practice with them or anything. But like, if we go play, we'll go play sometimes, or we train a lot, or we'll just hang out. Just feels like that's everybody's favorite storyline. Like, like JT and Jordan when they, you know, come up as friends. Every time JT has success, we gotta ask Jordan. So it feels like every time Brooks has success, has success, we gotta ask DJ. I'm sure you're not annoyed by that. It just feels like to me, as someone who understands these storylines, it's kind of annoying that they have to ask you every time. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. We're we're good buddies, so yeah, we hang out fine. together a bunch. We play a lot of practice rounds together. Um, you know, we we train together, and so, you know, it, it's good because you know we push each other to, yeah. to to get better, and you know I think that's important. And so, you know, for me it it works because we, you know, even training together, we push push each other in the gym and on the golf course too. You know, he's a good, he's a very good player. So if yeah. I want to beat him, I got to play well. Yeah, he sat down with me at the Floridian in April. Chef Parker cooks up the DJ special. 
and it was phenomenal. I'm curious, you're smiling right now. Do you know what the ingredients are in the DJ special and how great is it that he love that Brooks loves your DJ special? Well, so a couple years ago, Chef was co- uh, cooking for us at Memphis. And He's awesome. Yeah, Chef Parker's great. And so like every day I had him make me the same, like the same thing. I ate the same thing the whole week. And so what is it? Well, it's like it's quinoa vegetables and chicken and or fish, what you know, kind of whatever you we want went, in we it. Went chicken yeah. Day. It's really good. Um, and so, yeah, I had to make it every night for me. And um, and so then he put it on the menu at the Floridian because he he liked it too. Because he started eating it. He's like, man, this is really good. There's no Brooks special yet. Yeah. It oh. Bothers, it actually bothers him. Maybe now post PGA, you're going to get the Brooks special on there. I'm sure they'll Except he keeps he keeps eating the DJ special, so. Well, and that's the thing is like Chef Parker said at the Open Championship last year, Spieth wanted the DJ special, but he comes up to Chef Parker, you know, he's leading the event and he's like, "Yeah, can I have that quinoa chicken thing?" And he's like, Chef Parker's like, "Well, what what's it called? You have to tell me what the name of it is." I just think that's a pretty fun story. Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about your press conferences because blows my mind i've now been doing this for about a year and you guys do press conferences not only pretty much every week but then you have to take questions after most rounds that you play what's your mindset going into first those tuesday press conferences before the tournament do you like that are you uh you know ready for all kinds of different questions what's what do you think going into those how long is it gonna take yeah yeah and I usually keep my answers fairly short and, and quick. It's like and artwork. Well, yeah, I mean, Tuesday before a tournament, I don't really. There's not really much that you can ask someone. Yeah. But you know, they talk about the course. It's kind of the same thing, but it's just part of it. I mean, we're kind of we're used to it now. It, it happens every week. You know, they want to get you. We're in not there feeling bad for you necessarily. No. No, no. <laughs> it's it's just something we have to do, and so for me, it's it's just part of it, and you know, it's part of the scheduling. You got to figure out when and what time you like to do it every week. But, um, so yeah, do you have it's, a time. Do you have a time that you've kind of like I want to do? I usually it do Tuesdays yeah early afternoon on Tuesdays. Yeah, is, I was gonna say that's what I thought. It's yeah, always kind of like four p.m. DJ's yeah. presser, which works for me, man. If it works for you, I like it. Um, and then. Ryder Cup, obviously coming up around the corner. Are we going to see DJ Tiger? Possible. Possible. Yeah. Breaking news. I played news. with Tiger before, and um, I think we pair pretty well together. Me and Brooks play together. Um, you know, it, it kind of all depends who's on the team. I mean, obviously we got the eight guys that are set. Yeah. Um, which I think are pretty strong eight eight players. I'm, I'm liking those guys, and then you know we got four picks that. Captain Furyk will make here. What's he do? Three after BMW, and then one after Tour Championship or something. I don't. I'm not real sure how. I it think goes. that's what it is. I'm just kind of curious, like when your mind turns to the Ryder Cup, because you mentioned it earlier. You said you've got these four playoff events and the Ryder Cup. When does the Ryder Cup become in focus? Because I think for some guys, the Masters comes in focus maybe at the beginning of March when you got Arnie's and the WGCs. And you're thinking, like, I need to gear up for the Masters. Do you think about the Ryder Cup at this point yet, or do you kind of wait for a couple more weeks, and then you get after it? I mean, I'll think about it when we're, you know, if I'm talking to Captain or, yeah. or any of the guys. But, you know, not I'm not, like, 
preparing for it now. It's, you know, it's a great event and I love playing it. But it's kind of, we have a lot of big events that come right before it. So, so for me to be thinking about that now does me no good. And so for me, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the next event I'm going to play. And then, you know, you'll really start thinking about the Ryder Cup probably, so you, you know, defend, Monday. You got to defend the Northern Trust here, right? That's yeah, right. Next week. That's right. It's coming right up. That's actually one thing I'm curious about is you've been on this, this pace of winning like three events a year at least sometimes. And so you got three events that you have to defend next year. And there's always these duties that come along with being a defending champ, media day, you know, extra things that go on. Is it easy to get distracted during the middle of a week when you have extra duties being the defending champ? Well, so and that's another thing with scheduling. You usually try to, you want to do that prior to the event so that during that Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of the, of the event, you're not, you know, stretching yourself thin having to do all this extra stuff and not being able to prepare correctly for the event so always we'll do it you know a couple weeks prior or sometime other than the week of the tournament just so during that week i can actually prepare correctly yeah all right so i want to ask you just about yourself in the context of being an athlete you know so brooks won yesterday you still got the title belt. You're number one right now. I was wondering if you think about yourself in terms of like LeBron is the best basketball player. Uh, Nadal, I think, is the number one player in tennis right now. Do you think about yourself in the context of like you are the best golfer in the world right now compared to other sports? Um, you no, should. Really, it's cool. Yeah, it's really no, cool. I, now that you yeah. you say that, yeah, it is, it is pretty cool. Um, but I haven't really. I haven't really thought about it in that way other than I've worked hard to, to get to where I am. And it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's great to have that title, but you know, I got to continue to, for me, it actually motivates me to, to work harder, to try to get better. Cause I know if I want to stay number one, I've, I've got to keep performing every single week and I've got to get better. I think that that is something that is, really really on top of Brooks's mind just based off my conversation with him he was I think number six or seven at the time in April and he said JT at number two like that's cool but I don't want to be JT at two I'm coming for DJ's throne he said those words I thought that that was great because you have a friendship and you have a competitive friendship too like the fact that he's coming for your throne does it does it feel like he is yeah he's trying he is trying. I'll give him credit. He's he's putting up a good fight right now. Um, we still got a few more events, so we'll see what happens. That sounds pretty good to us. All right, so we are here. It's a big day uh, at the Adidas shoot, and we do want to hear a little bit. I know you can't send any pictures out or anything, but just give us a little yeah. tease, maybe what you're excited about, uh, stuff that you're going to try to sneak out of here on the way home. Um, I'm definitely taking a few pairs of the new shoes that we got coming for next year. Um, I like the new shoes a lot. I'll take those home so I can start practicing in them. Maybe sneak them in a tournament or two when they're not looking. See, that's the thing. Cause did, didn't, yeah, didn't you wear those? Or I think you wore those early last year and maybe won in those at the Northern Trust. Is that correct? I did. I did. See, I, I you got some from here. Good juju. Uh, you've been, you've been wearing those shoes now though for over a decade is it i mean that's your look people change shoes all the time brooks is wearing a pair of shoes this week i don't think he's been wearing that much just like 
is that what you've tried to do is remain consistent with the look? Is there something well, to that for you? For me though, it's more when I, I like the shoe, I like the way it performs, the comfort, you know, everything that it does, the stability, it, it's just a great shoe. So why, why would it? I want to change? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been wearing the 360 knits a, a good bit this year too, which are, are fantastic. The new version coming out is really, is great too. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the new apparel. I think the new apparel is really, really good. Um, and then definitely I'm always most excited about the shoes. So. Awesome. Well, thanks a ton for uh, coming on with us and remember to own that number one. We got to ask LeBron if he thinks about himself thinks compared about DJ. to DJ. We'll get that. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> All right. Well, that was DJ about 15 minutes of him talking about a couple different things uh, from what, what you call the principal's office. Yeah. I mean, just to set the scene, we walked into the room. DJ is sitting behind a desk at a swivel chair. In front of him are two monitors. One of them is just an email uh, actually typing on a different monitor, but it was appearing on his screen for some reason. Yeah, that was actually funny. He said he saw someone write an email. Someone else was writing an email. Invasion and next of to privacy. that was a, another monitor with nine different screens coming up showing security footage from... Uh, around the course so we walked in dj was just sort of locked in on these two screens and very interesting not sure what he thought of us but well i mean i think your first takeaway that you had from dj is just that he's actually bigger than you even thought and he's a big dude like everyone knows he's a big dude but he's even bigger than you imagine he's big because he he's, he's, he's like a lanky dude when you see him on camera you think that guy's tall he's long he's but got he big was, hands he's got some he's got a couple guns on him too yeah um dj as you heard, talk to us about everything. I think for us, before we end this podcast, the probably the the biggest takeaway is just his mentality. And I knew that there was a mentality to his press conferences. I knew that there was a mentality to his scheduling. He's always around 3 or 4 p.m. in an afternoon on either Tuesday or Wednesday. And I figured you know, that that was his prerogative. He makes it sound like that's the prerogative of a lot of people, which is great. I mean, like you're trying to look for consistency but he finds consistency also in how he approaches every single answer. Yeah, I thought he sort of started off first couple answers. It felt like he was trying to run out the clock on us in a he little was, bit. He was, he totally was. But then he warmed up. He, you know, you got to give him, if I had to do it again, I would just give him all questions that he had never heard before and, yeah. and just gone straight to it. And But that's the, the tricky part is I think it's not questions he hadn't heard before, but just things about him that he hasn't been asked about. Because... I don't think DJ is ready to answer what's your favorite movie or those kind this of like true. generic yeah, it's not questions. not that it's off the wall questions, but it's just stuff that is going to genuinely like, interest him. What's and your I think favorite we did thing you do with your son? I'm glad we asked him a couple of the things, you know, about uh, Brooks and Brooks eating the DJ special yeah. and then asking DJ about other athletes and, and LeBron and how he thinks of himself and, I thought it was a lot of fun, honestly, by the end. The but LeBron just, question, really, you saw him get introspective. He, like, leaned back in his chair, and he was actually thinking about it. And that, you know, I think he gets maybe a little bit of slack for not always giving the greatest or most eloquent answers. And I think the perception that follows that is that, well, this guy's not smart. And I'm not going to come out here and tell you that he's Einstein. But I will say... That when you ask him the, the correct question, you're going to get a pretty eloquent answer, or at least well thought out or detailed. I think he's honest. I do think he's an he honest he guy. He seems very the way honest. He answers things and approaches things. And that's what people say. They've never heard him say a bad word about anyone. 
Well, that is it for this episode of the Golf.com podcast. We've got another good episode coming out later this week. Alan Shipnook sat down with a pretty famous Ryder Cupper, uh, former Masters champion. I think that's all I'll give to you for now. Uh, stay tuned for that, and uh, check out the Drop Zone on Golf.com.